We are seeing continuing AI integrations into all sorts of apps and services. Uh, TikTok bans are continuing in Europe and Canada. And uh, why other parts of the world are kind of going back to the office while we're still in this hybrid universe. Those topics up next on Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Shaw, host of Today in Tech. We are going to talk about a lot of different things, uh, especially in the AI space. ChatGPT is still very hot, and it's being integrated into all sorts of new uh, applications and services. We're also going to touch upon uh, some TikTok bands that are uh, gaining momentum and uh, some workplace uh, news around people in Europe and Asia that are returning to the office more than Americans. Uh, I'm going to bring in my uh, old friend Chris here. He's behind the computers, behind the buttons there. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Let's uh, let's jump right into a lot of the AI integrations that we're seeing this week. Uh, Bing, uh, Microsoft and Bing, we're, uh, they're now integrating all of the chat GPT functionality into Windows 11. Uh, it's now being put into the Windows uh, taskbar. Uh, of course it is, because that's what Microsoft is doing. They've announced that they're going to do this. And this is now uh, going to be integrated into this. You're going to start seeing it into Office apps pretty soon. They have not made an official announcement on that. Um, some other big news is I finally got off the wait list. So I, I did get an email yesterday that said uh, I can now use uh, the Bing search engine slash chat GPT chat functionality. It's not the easiest way to get it. You know, I had to download the Microsoft Edge browser uh, and I had to do it on my Mac, which was, you know, un not very pleasant. Uh, you're sort of getting back into the world of the Microsoft Edge is the one is the browser that took over for uh, Internet Explorer. Just right. Right. Oh, you are. Do you have a Windows 11 machine, Chris? Are you? Uh, I do. You are in a Windows I, environment, right? I am, but I hate it. Um, <laughs> I prefer Windows 10. Okay. So or you did, even Windows XP at this point. Yeah. Wow. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of XP. Windows that 11. even goes before seven. Yeah. But I mean, it's more so just like the user interface. They, uh, I'm just not a fan of. Yeah. So what's weird about, so, so this edge browser and again, they, they do their best, but like, it's just, it just hits you with all sorts of like, here's. Oh, it's like, thanks for being here. Here's all this great stuff you can do. Here's news. Here's like a game you can play. Here's all this stuff. Here's an ad. Here's, you know, and it's like, I just, I just want a browser. And again, that's why I like Google Chrome because you could just be like Google Chrome. It just, it just pops up and it goes, what do you want to search for? Or open your tabs. And I go to my sites immediately. And I know I can probably do that with edge, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in my Google browser. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Edge and Google Chrome, they're actually one in the same. I, I, I believe Edge uses the same database. It's, it's all the same. They use okay. the same database as Google Chrome. It's just like... It's just, you know, about, it, it's just about a familiarity to it. I mean, it's just about a preference, right? Like, I'm used to Google Chrome. I'm used to the user interface. I'm used to the shortcuts and features. It's, it's kind of like I've, I've been using it for, you know, most of my life. I don't have a reason to switch. You know, so right. I, I think that's what, uh, you know, people are coming uh, against with is just staying with their preferred browser. So so I, th I think that the initial rush uh, in terms of the Bing AI integrated chat GPT, they, they sent it out to all of the cool people, all the cool kids like, you know, the New York Times journalists and the Wall Street Journal journalists and, you know, all the people that signed up after that. Oh, I'm finally on the list. I don't know how long it took me to get out to basically get the invite. I don't know if other people are still not able to do it 
Mm-hmm. Have you, but you haven't signed up yet, right? Are you uh, going to sign up at all? No. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, maybe maybe they have released it to everybody on the wait list. You could still sign up if you haven't gotten to it. Just go to you know. There's there's links on how to do that. So I think now it'd be, at least the user base is is growing to the to the effect of what you can do with it. And I and I think that initial all the weird conversations that people were having with it. Microsoft figured out how to sort of stop that because I went on and tried it for about an hour yesterday and I was trying to think of I've used chat GPT so I know that it can write a poem I know that it can write it can it can find me a recipe I know it can do all of these creative things I'm trying to think in my brain well what can Bing do that chat GPT can't and that whole idea is that you can now ask it things that are relevant to today or last week or the or even last year i think that the chat gpt cutoff was 2021 so it might not know a lot of things that happened last year but again it's still about whether you know are you using it as a search bar are you using it as a ai conversationalist are you using it to come up with something creative the best thing i could do is that i because i know that chat gpt doesn't know about me as host of today in tech because this, I didn't start doing this until last November, and, and we started the new shows in January. So ChatGPT knows nothing about Keith Shaw, tech journalist, uh, other than the stuff I did back when I worked at Network World and some of my other former gigs. So I, I asked the new Bing sort of like, hey, what do you know about me? It didn't know how old I was, which is good. I'm actually very thankful that nobody can know how old I am because I don't put that information out online. So it couldn't tell me how old I how, it couldn't tell me how old I was. It did. And then I eventually I did tell it, hey, I'm, I'm the host of Today in Tech. It went to the it went to the YouTube channel, gathered all sorts of information. And then I had it write a rap song about me. And so that was what I could think of in terms of some things to do with it. Um, there's a story by Preston Gala on Computer World who actually used it. If you want to bring that story up, Chris, the uh, yes, Bing's. So I, he was Preston was also granted, I think, on the wait. I think he was granted to be on the like his waitlist time was over. So he's he's in now. So he decided to start using it for business. And it has an interesting story about all the different business tasks it was trying to do. Um, and he didn't he didn't experience any of the sort of the wackiness, but he actually came away with it that if this was an employee of his, he would have fired it because it kept refusing to do some things that he was asking it to do, like create a bar chart or or, you know, answer some questions that he was looking for. I found that when you because it's integrated into search, when it doesn't know exactly when when the chat GPT AI doesn't know how to answer it, it falls back on the search engine. Like some of my, like, for example, today I asked it, hey, um, I, you know, I'm having a bad week. What can I do to turn the bad week around? And it, Well, that's it, a vague question. Well, it's an open-ended yeah. question, to be honest. But, but then the first thing it does is it goes searching for how to turn a bad week around. And then, you know, and then it just starts giving me tips. Like, I should move to a different work spot. I should stand like Wonder Woman. I should forgive myself for my mistakes. I should socialize with someone. I should exercise. I should listen to a favorite song. Like, these are things that probably would show up in a, in a general search engine as well. You would find a blog post about, like, you know, five ways on turning your, your, your bad week into a good one. And then I just asked it another random question. I asked it what its favorite song was. And you know, it, it never actually admits to, to having something that's favorite. Um, it, it, you know, the first thing was, I don't have a favorite song, but I listen, I enjoy listening to different genres and artists. And, you know, so it likes Bohemian Rhapsody. It likes John Lennon's Imagine. It, it likes Happy by Pharrell Williams. 
And then, I don't know this one, Despacito by uh, Luis Fonsi featuring Daddy Yankee. This is a popular Latin pop song. And it's, so, I mean, I think that the, it's not like it's going to go, I think you should listen to Metallica. <laughs> or Well, it doesn't know these, what you like, you know. No, it's not telling. It's it's no no. It's it's telling me that those are its favorite songs, and oh, then it, gotcha. and then it immediately asked me what my favorite song is. It's like I don't want to tell you what my favorite song is. I was asking you what your favorite song was, and you gave me this bland answer. So I'm still I'm still kind of kind of play with it for a while. Um, the interesting part also, it's not just Bing and Microsoft. The uh, Snapchat is now announced that they're going to integrate uh, AI into uh, their conversation bot, and in fact, they're actually warning people in advance. Uh, you might you, that you might uh, experience some AI hallucinations, which is similar to the effect <laughs> of uh, now they call it hallucination is basically when the AI just decides, nah, screw it. I'm just going to just random, just going to spit out random things. That's apparently called a hallucination. Do you have that story? up? I don't know if you have that one. The, no, sorry in advance. OK, um, at this at the same time, Mark Zuckerberg, our pal over at Meta. All right. I have to laugh at this because clearly you know, Facebook changing its name to Meta and him and them thinking that the metaverse was going to be the future. All of a sudden, it's now they took a 180 and now they're basically announcing uh, a new team at Meta is going to be working on AI products and they're going to put this into Instagram and WhatsApp and uh, probably Facebook at some point. I just don't think that they like being Facebook anymore. Do you? Do you get that feeling? Well, I get the feeling that, you know, they need something to succeed. So they failed with Meta. You know, that's, that didn't yeah. kick off uh, the way they thought. So now they're looking for the new shiny object to get out there to market and sell. So uh, the next uh, great thing is this AI stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I, I want to read the quote from Mark Zuckerberg because it's, it's, it says basically nothing, but I just love... All right, quote, we're exploring experiences with text like chat and WhatsApp and Messenger with images like creative Instagram filters and ad formats and with video and multimodal experience experiences zuckerberg said we have a lot of foundational work to do before getting to the really futuristic experiences but i'm excited about all the new things we'll build along the way it's like okay you're not really saying what you're going to do with it i mean that that stuff already exists yeah i mean is it just being that when i'm on instagram i can now have the same conversation that i can have on six other sites Uh, honestly i I think they he should just focus on making facebook better like a better social media. I get app. so many recommendations right. on Facebook pages that I have no interest in and I can't even like tell it to stop. Yeah. I be, the only thing I can do with those is I can snooze them for 30 days. And then maybe the, at that point, the algorithm figures out that I'm not interested in 17 different stories and fa- you know, all of these, I don't want to call them fake sites, but they're websites that are just, I don't even know if they're legitimate or not, but they talk about a single topic like, you know, wrestling or, or, or video games or some of the other stuff that I'm into. It's like, all right, I don't, I just, you know, I'm, I'm especially on my mobile device. I'm constantly clicking something. It's like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Not, I just want stuff from the people that are in my friends groups and some of the groups that I'm in, just give me that stuff. And it, it doesn't want to, it wants to, cause it, as again, it wants to show me ads. It wants to show me things to buy. Right. So I'm kind of annoyed by, by Microsoft. I'm not, and Meta. And yeah. So, but I mean, it does show an overall trend of, of, uh, all right. So it's not just, you know, it's, it's not just Microsoft doing this. It's like, everyone's going in, everyone's going in. And the conversation that we had last week with, uh, 
Ken and Mike from from Macworld, Ken Ken Mingus from Computer World. Apple in the meantime, they're just sitting back and they're like that they're they're like that cool kid that's that's sitting in the back of the cafeteria just watching all the other stuff go on. And at some point it's just gonna go, All right guys, I got this. And then like they're just gonna come out and go, bum 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 and boom. And then AI will be solved. And I think Amazon's doing the same thing too, because we have not heard a lot about any Amazon, I mean Integrating this into Alexa makes sense to me. And if it makes sense to me, it should be making sense to a lot of other people too. It's like, again, I need, I want more to do with this thing that's in my house already. Like, can't, why can't you just make this thing smarter? You don't have that in your house though, do you, Chris? Do you have an Alexa? Uh, I have a Google, Google Home uh, dot thing, but I mean, maybe, maybe we don't really be in use it. We, yeah, just, ma- we just use it to set like a timer yeah. when we cook, but like, that's it. I mean, like, here's the thing with, with, I mean, this is just my, I guess, general thought on the tech. I, I feel like it becomes too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think if tech could just fulfill basic uh, kind of tasks, I mean, that that's all it really needs to do. You but know, don't we want it like, to become like Jarvis from Iron Man? Like, we want to have, we want to walk into our house and go like, Jarvis, turn on the lights. Jarvis, uh, cook. You know how long is it going to take me for start my dinner or make me a cup of coffee? I mean, people see that in the movies and they go, "Oh, well, we could do that if you just buy this piece of hardware and eventually integrate this system and yeah, you know, but, tie it all in together." I mean, here's my my thought on that. I mean, eventually we're going to have tech do everything for us. What what's left for us to do? You know, I. I think eventually we'll be like the uh, people in Wally yeah, in our yeah, little hover chairs. And yeah. We'll kind of be in our own reality and not realize what's going on around <laughs> us. Um, I think so. I think we're maybe you and I won't become the Wally people, but but maybe a couple generations down the road, yeah, they will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So get out and exercise, everybody. Yes. All right. Get up and move. Get up and move. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on to another thing that, that has, has irritated you and you and me this week was there was a story in the Wall Street Journal where uh, they, they figured out that a, an iPhone feature is now helping criminals steal users' uh, entire digital life. And this is the story. You know, basically, um, it's... it's eh. All right. How do I, this, how do this I explain is silly. this? I mean, honestly, they're this blaming, is just silly. They're blaming this. Apple for this, but it's not necessarily an Apple vulnerability. It's right. more of there's a there's a, a, a trend where criminals are going to nightclubs and bars and where people are young people are hanging out and they're basically stealing their money based on apps that are on the phone because they're getting in th- by by. Stealing their passcodes, and the way that they're doing it is that you know if you've got your you know they're they're like oh hey so I'm, so let's say I'm at a club because I would never be at a club so let's say I was this was 50 years ago and I was at a club or right 30 <laughs> maybe 30 years ago and I was at a club and someone's like hey Keith let me see some of your photo you know photos or something on your phone and then I as I do that I type in my passcode they memorize this passcode these criminals and then later. You know, when maybe people have been drinking a little bit more, they somehow swipe the phone. They know the passcode. They get in. Boom. They steal uh, Apple Pay information. They steal Venmo information. They change the passcode so you can't get into it now. Um, They disable the whole find my iPhone. They grab the money. Yeah. And then they sell the phone. 
I mean, and this is a big, this is a trend that was been spotted in, you know, places like New York and other city, and other big right, cities. Right. So basically all, all that's happening is someone's looking over someone's shoulder as they're typing in their passcode. Right. And they're remembering their passcode. And then they eventually, at some point during the night, they steal this person's phone and they put in that passcode and steal everything that they have. Right. right? So like when we look at the article, it's like uh, a basic iPhone feature helps criminals steal your entire entire digital life. It's a little I would misleading. Just, it's very misleading. Yeah. I would say uh, user error helps criminals steal your entire digital life. It's right. not the not phone's being respon- fault. Not being responsible with your phone right. helps criminals steal your digital and life. And here's the other thing. The only but, way we're going to you know, let criminals steal your entire life is if you do put your entire life on your phone. Okay, so, so first of all, don't leave your phone out. Yes. Second, yes. like put your phone in your pocket. Right. But I, second I, of all, okay, there are the, the newer phones and I, I do actually miss the fingerprint. They got mm-hmm. rid of the fingerprint thing mm-hmm. because they replaced it with facial recognition. So, you know, I, I can unlock things with my, with my, with my mug here. Uh, the problem is, so there is a small thing where if, if it doesn't recognize you, it will automatically then go towards your passcode. So if you steal my phone and try to get in and, right. and, and, and it looks at you and sees, well, there's this giant guy with a beard. There's no way that's Keith. Right. Um, so, but then it'll go, okay, well, what the passcode is. So if you have stolen my passcode, you can get in. Right. There's not another sort of second attempt or you can, I think you can tell it after a certain number of attempts to just completely lock it out. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like Like if the face ID doesn't work, but it does sort of default to that passcode. Right. Cause you need to have a, another way to get into your phone. Right. So, but I think, I mean, look, if, if we're all up in arms about this and super concerned about it, all Apple has to do is just add the fingerprint scanner back to the phone, use the face ID as its primary right. source of unlocking. And yep. then if that fails, then it goes to your fingerprint. And then for whatever reason, if you happen to get your fingers cut off, uh, <laughs> then it'll go to passcode. And then you can just use your stubs to just put in your passcode, okay? I think if you're right? getting so to if the point... So if we're all up in arms about that, uh, if I were Apple, I'd do that. But if you're getting to the point where your fingers are being cut off, to you, you know, you've got bigger problems than, than a, a stolen iPhone. Yeah, I mean, but... But, but again, the, now what you brought up was the bigger issue or not a bigger issue, but another issue is how much of our digital lives are we putting on our phones? Uh, everything. We're, every, we're putting everything on our phone. Like, so, I, so look, like our, our phones today, they are our holy grail. It's the Rosetta Stone of our life. Yes. Literally a Rosetta Stone. I mean, it kind of looks like a brick, right? Because that's what a Rosetta Stone is. It's like, you know, it's the Rosetta Stone. Um, so Got it. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I don't like using the, what is it called, Google Pay or, or Apple Pay or whatever, because you're tying right. your uh, payment methods to your phone. Um, so literally, if you if someone steals your phone, well, okay, they have access to all your credit cards, your debit cards, your bank account, yep. your, your address even. Yep. They can access your Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I mean, even if you don't have your cards tied to your phone, at least one could have, uh, so like if you have like credit cards, right, your credit card companies, right, in order to get to those apps, you still need to use your fingerprint. You can set it to use your fingerprint. So at the end of the day, this is, it's all user error. And I I I do think we have to move away towards uh, putting your credit cards on your phone. 
Because then I, you won't have that problem. I don't have anything. I don't. I think my Apple Pay may have an expired credit card on there that I haven't updated in in weeks or months or years. Uh, I do have Venmo, but I think in order to do a payment, I it still has to look at my face. Yeah. I think I have allowed it, so it won't let me do a passcode for that. Um, again, but but again, in order to do that, I have to now start going through all of my security settings and figuring out what it does and what it doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the the answer for me is just I I'm not going to keep them, my phone out and try to lose it. Right, and you know, it's in the article they gave a bunch of examples from uh, individuals who had their phone stolen. Right, and then they had all you know their bank accounts wiped. You know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars just pulled in one day, and it's like, yes, don't tie your cards to the phone to those those payment features, right? Yeah. When you hold your phone up to the a card reader, right? You know how it'll automatically link to your card, and you get money deducted out of it. Get rid of that. It uses what the RFID chip in your phone in order to do that. That's horrible. I, I'd advise everyone not to use that feature. Sure, you can have your you can have you know your bank your 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 card app on your phone, and just make sure that you know this your the security around that's good. Make sure it's tied to either Face ID or your fingerprint. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. After having read the article, it's it's kind of like yeah, you know what? The, our our the, whole the, lives are tied to our phone. The other thing is, is just know? stay out of nightclubs. I yeah, can, that too. And yeah, keep keep because like people could steal my wallet at a nightclub. Sure, and they're gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna get my credit card and my driver's ID. license. Yeah, and what little cash I have, I don't I don't usually don't carry a lot of cash. Just anymore. be responsible. Just be responsible around your stuff. You know, just you know, if someone's looking over your shoulder as you put a, a password in, just just that start turn turn yeah, away and hide it. And I know. You know so I just, I, it's no, it, it's, it's no it, surprise it's it, being done at bars. Yeah, because when you're at bars, you're you know you're drinking, you're you're not little, quite yeah. yourself, right? Yeah. So, anyways, they're not doing this at church, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the library, <laughs> right? Maybe maybe thieves will start moving to the library and try to steal. So that so that leads to our, our next story, which is about uh, people on. People, another great Wall, not great, another Wall Street Journal story that just kind of popped up to me is interesting. And this is the one about the calendar. Calendar. That people apparently are putting their personal lives on in their Google calendar or their office calendar. And I just find that really weird. Like, also, it's got a great graphic right there. <laughs> um, you can see on, this is an illustration that someone did. And it's like, you know, someone put in nap time on there and then someone scheduled someone put their colonoscopy and apparently they don't realize that uh, privacy settings at their company might be seeing these details because if someone is trying to set up a an appointment Mm -hmm. they look at your calendar to see if you're available again rather than just asking you are you available or whatever but then people are finding out that they're having awkward conversations because they're discovering that like these people's personal lives are on there and some people are saying well it's a good thing that all my personal stuff is on there because it sees because it shows that i'm a human being and that i need time for myself or whatever and it's like okay like i don't i'm i i grew up in in an era where you didn't put everything on on your your calendar the only thing on your calendar should be for meetings that you've set up or where you're going to be away or whatever Mm -hmm. um 
So uh, it's it's an interesting feature story, but it, again, it shows that uh, it has to be up to the user. It's not the technology's fault. The technology makes it available, but you have to understand as a user, can other people see what I'm putting on here? And if they can, how can I make sure that they can't? Or stop putting that stuff in. Or it, you know, if you need to block out that time because you're going to go get a colonoscopy, just say out of office personal time or personal or, or doctor so appointment this or, is or something a, like that. Like don't put the details yeah. of, of your life. So this is more about like shared calendars, right? Calendars that are shared amongst. Yes. If you, okay. if you're a person then you, maybe there's an admin of a calendar and that admin could still see it. Your boss might be able to see it. Um, I, I think when in the new office, for example, when I'm trying to schedule a, a, a recording session with you, mm-hmm. It tells me whether or not you've got something blocked off or not. And I think if for shared calendars, we can see each other's sort of calendar. Right. There but is, I, there I, is I an would interesting offshoot of this is that, that yeah. remember when uh, there were um, meeting rooms and you could sort of schedule, uh, if you had a client coming in for a meeting and you would mm-hmm. need a specific uh, meeting room, yeah. the meeting rooms were set up as, cal- they had their own little calendar. And you could set up a meeting and then the resource as the meeting room. What was interesting is, is that you could always find out if someone had blocked off a long amount of time in every meeting room for a certain day, that's how you knew that there were layoffs coming really? at, at, at other companies that I've worked at. Like, that's how you could tell. Like, you could always be like, oh, all of the meeting rooms in the entire company are being are, are reserved from nine till four. Uh, something's going to be coming up because you I could, see. Okay. so you couldn't schedule a meeting because it, so that was sort of a loophole on figuring out if something was going, was going down. Ooh, I, I gotta, and that gotta in that, that article, mind. someone says they do that. They use that for the same exact reason. They, they look to see if there are big meetings that are people that people are doing. And if, if, or if your boss is blocked out a big chunk of time on their calendar, then hmm. maybe something's up. Interesting. So, yeah, I just found that interesting. All right, let's move on to another fun story. This is the TikTok stuff. Uh, TikTok is being banned on uh, executive staff devices in Europe and Canada as well. So I, we've talked recently about, about some of the TikTok stuff that was going on at college campuses in states here. Um, but now uh, Canada and Europe are just being like, yep, we're just, just going to ban them from... They're uh, jumping dis- on the bandwagon. They're jumping on the band the band bandwagon. Band bandwagon. Um, I, I think in the US, uh, we haven't heard a lot lately around this. I don't think that... that I think momentum has slowed. I yeah. think maybe the states that wanted to do it have done it and then the other states haven't done it yet or they don't care about it or they don't think it's as big of an issue or, or they're waiting for the feds. I don't know if yeah. the feds are going to do it as I well. Mean, because, I mean, if we look back at how colleges banned it, or colleges are banning it, right? they're only banning it through Wi-Fi. Right. Whereas... It's different for the governments exactly. because those are being government-issued devices. Right. So they do have the power to just not allow it on right. that phone because right. they can. Because Now, if you bring in device. your personal phone, you could still probably access it. and then, But does that device then have access to uh, a corporate network or right. a government network? I, I feel it, like they it might. It's a little tricky there, too. Yeah, of like how would they block it, right? But I feel like they could use maybe some geo geolocation, like geo blocking. Maybe they could do that. I don't know. 
I, it, there is supposed to be something this month where the, the head of, of TikTok is supposed to be testifying against, uh, against uh, at a uh, congressional hearing. So Ooh, I'm thinking that, that, yeah, I'm thinking that it will pop up again. This will, this will, as, as this guy uh, testifies, we'll start to hear about whether, whether this will have momentum or not, or if he's going to shut it down. Uh, should be interesting. Yeah, I still don't use TikTok that. that much at all. I mean, I don't, I don't use a, I hate it. I don't yeah. use it at all. It's just, I'm again, it's just two old guys yelling at the cloud here. Right. Um, all right. So something that the other, the other thing you wanted to talk about too, was this, um, uh, this story that came out in the wall street journal about, um, Americans are still working from home, but Europeans and Asians are heading back to the office. I want to read some stuff here. Uh, return to office rates in cities like Paris and Tokyo have climbed over 75%, uh, while the U S is often sitting around about half occupancy. Uh, U.S. office occupancy stands at 40% to 60% of pre-pandemic levels, varying within that range by month and by city. That compares with a 70 to 90% rate in Europe and the Middle East, according to JLLI Property Services Firm that manages 4.6 billion square feet of real estate globally. Now, the return to office uh, trend, why is it happening in Europe and Asia versus America? This article is saying that because people have bigger homes in the U.S., uh, might be one of the reasons because they, they have more space to have a home office. Whereas if you're in a house, maybe that doesn't have a dedicated space for an office, you have to then work in a living room or a kitchen and that might not be convenient for you. I, but you don't buy that. I don't buy it as much because there is a large portion of us in the U S who also have apartments, right? And apartments aren't Two, three thousand square feet, right? They're, yeah. they're somewhat small. So I don't really buy it. But they're also stating that the commute length is long. And yeah, sure. But also in other countries, uh, commute length is also similar in length. Do they mean commute rate where you're driving into a work or is it more, does, does a commute count if you're, if you're living in a city and you have to take a subway into, into work? Does that count as a commute time? I, I think said, it does. Or train, right? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather commute via train or oh, subway sure. than, than getting in a car by myself. Yeah. Kind of save on gas and... Well, yeah, yeah, because you got to pay attention when you're driving. You don't have to pay attention if you're sitting on a train. Right. But then also you got to pay for whatever Other the fee is trying to the... steal my iPhone. <laughs> right. Looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my but, passcode. Yeah. So I, I don't buy it as much. I do think there is a work culture difference between U.S. and also, you know, Europe and Asia. Um, I, I think here in the U.S. we're just, I mean, we're just happy working from home, whereas in, in you know, other countries, they're, you know, they're more geared towards uh, being in person, maybe seeing people physically, uh, you know. So, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. The, the story does say that the, the tighter labor market in the U.S., the unemployment rate is only 3.4% in the U.S. at the moment, where in Europe, it's 6.1%. Now, even even 6.1% is not a, a terribly high yeah. unemployment rate, but maybe people are thinking, well, I have to do what my boss says because I could, get a, I could be out of a job and it'd be harder to get a new job versus here where you just know that if you do lose your job, you're going to probably be able to find another one relatively quickly. I mean, that could be part of it, too. It could, I mean, it could be cultural too. I mean, I, I, th I think, I think in large part, in my opinion, I do think it's cultural because I mean, I, 
we just don't want to go back in person. <laughs> I, I, just, I honestly, I think it's it's more of a want. I think it's also it's a, part. We yeah. don't want. I just think to go people just don't. In. People just don't like working. That that too. That too. But I think I think that I think that's a little bit of an extreme. But also at the same time, me saying, "Hey, people in the US don't want to drive into work." I do also think it's a little bit of extreme, but. Part of me says, yeah, it, I, I think maybe it's that. I don't know. It is weird that we're still talking about this. It is it's very three it's years, weird. Three years three after years. this whole pandemic. And, you know, it's like, are we going to be talking about this in three or three more years? Like in 2026, are we going to have an episode where like, why are people not back to work? Or, or of course, by then we'll be the Wally people at that point, right? They're going to we'll turn all of the corporate <laughs> office buildings into luxury apartments. Where yeah. they could charge, I don't know, 3000 <laughs> a month for a single bed, half bath <laughs> room. I don't know. I uh, just think maybe that, by then we'll have flying cars and, and we'll all be living in, in our pods. And who we, knows? We'll who be knows? talking we'll be complaining about something about that's going on. My pod isn't working correctly. What? Let's talk about that on the next tech talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, that's it for the news this week. So thanks, thanks for joining us on, on this episode, as always.